All right, let's welcome everybody into our national hour on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. It's Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, and Elliot Friedman. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. And as always, this hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. You know, Elliot, we've only asked you like a dozen times in the last two years to come on our show, and nothing that's not Feathers. true. That we is are on national true. TV, and I can hear you scratching the door <laughs> on the other side. But thanks. I don't know if that's this is an accurate representation was, of how it's know, gone. It but. may not be accurate, but it's funny. It is. And that's all that matters. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, okay. Where, where do you want to start? Because we've got so yeah. much to get into. Uh, we're going to talk Rick Tockett, obviously. Uh, maybe a little later on in the show, but as always, fresh out of the oven, 32 thoughts. You, did you have a chance to read I any did. of them? I did. You did know, you we, find we one just, or two? We just ones? <laughs> There's 32. Okay. You, you got to call it what Berkey calls it, 32 turds. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We, you know, we just finished uh, the Leafs portion of the show, but I will just wrap it up. The one tidbit in there that did uh, kind of catch my eye a little bit is we struggle here to put together the best third line for the Toronto Maple Leafs and what makes sense was just the really good start that one of their prospects, Nick Robertson, has gotten off to in the American Hockey League. Five points in yep, two games. Two games yep. And not a lot of depth scoring here in Toronto. Is there some frustration with the player at his inability to, to crack the NHL club right now? Well, I, you know, I think that... I don't think this is going to continue much longer if he doesn't get a look in the in the NHL. I, I mm. think that, I, and I think the Maple Leafs know that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they know that the guy want. It's I mean, it's he arrived in the bubble, right? Like this is four yeah. years. If if you're not going anywhere in four years in an organization, you're going to want to go somewhere else. So I think what has happened here is that they sent him down, but they told him, look, we're only carrying a minimum 12 guys people always get hurt people always struggle um if you put up if you do well down there there's going to be an opportunity yeah. for you and i think he bought that he started with the right attitude but you guys know the longer that goes before that chance happens the more he's gonna think i need to i need to get a fresh start elsewhere yeah as we know through the pandemic uh a flat salary cap Trades are so hard. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw one the other day. Uh, did you break the uh, Friedman? Mark no, Friedman? I didn't. I did not. Who, you should have an inside track. You? <laughs> not Friedman <laughs> breaking the, the Friedman. Chat. People think that we're related. We're actually not related. I should, I should clear, clarify that. <laughs> we knew that when we had, first saw you on skates. That's right. <laughs> I, had, I had people in Vancouver DMing me yesterday like, is this a relative? <laughs> so like, no, yeah. no, it's not. How tough is it out there? And how tough is it? on you as an insider to constantly look for, for news that isn't there when it comes to trades. Well, Nick, you've, you've done that job as well as anybody has. Like, you know what it's like, you know, I mean, you're um, like, you know, Justin read the piece that there wasn't a lot of trade rumor stuff because there just really isn't a lot there right now. I think the, the thing is right now, as you said, the cap is tight at the beginning of the year, everybody's saying, okay, I just want to see what my team looks like. I mean, you don't get too many situations like Connor Garland where an agent is given permission to talk to other teams like two days before the season. It's very, very unusual. So it's it's tight right now. There's not, you know, and the thing about Robertson is, you know, like if it gets to a situation where the Leafs think about moving him, 
they're going to say like this is a talented young guy. They're not going to they're not just going to give him away. Right. So uh, you know we'll see how that works out over the next few weeks. Is is there a similar situation in Ottawa? They got a free up cap for yeah. uh, for uh, uh, Shane Pinto. Yeah. But they're not necessarily ready to give up on anybody or just for the sake of making a trade here. No, Correct. and I think one of the real problems with that one, Nick, is that in those situations, it's it's not only uh, teams are kind of saying, not only will we, but if you want us to take the player you want us to move, whether it's Joseph or somebody else, what are you going to give us to do it? Like Philadelphia said, we want a certain prospect. It's been reported a lot, Boucher. And, you know, they didn't want to do that. First rounder? Could they get a first or second rounder? Well, like Joseph's a good player. Uh, and Joseph, Joseph's off to a really good start. But, but an expensive one. But the other thing, I, Nick, I think there were teams that were saying, we want a prospect and a high pick. And Otto was like, we're, we're, we're not doing that. Not doing uh, seems that. crazy to me. And that's, I guess, the salary cap really just handcuffing teams. Because he's a useful guy. Teams would yep. love to have, obviously. Um, if it's okay, we just kind of skip around the league. Got a whole you bunch just, of guys, things. To, hey, it's your show. I'm the guest here. You just right. tell me what you guys want. I, I'm, I was interested in kind of a nugget discussing pride tape. That's been a hot topic around the league. Yeah. I've talked to some people who think that it's not impossible that you, you know, enough public pressure could get the league to bend back on pride tape. What are your thoughts or what are you hearing about any potential for sort of players to represent a cause that seems to mean a lot to a lot of people. Well, I don't know how far along it is, but I do know that one of the things that's been discussed is have a night. Like the NFL does, um, I forget what it's called. Basically, there's one cause for cleats, my cause, my cleats or something like that. So there's one week a year where you can put anything on your cleat you want, as long as it's like a charitable, nonprofit organization. And the thing that's really well done about what the NFL does is, is the players all post videos of themselves unboxing their cleats on social so people can see what they support. Mm-hmm. They've actually done a really nice job with it. And I do think, and I heard last week this took a big turn, that there was a realization here that this has to, they can't go the whole year like this. So I, I Is there a sense, Elliot, between the NHLPA or the NHL head office that there are discussions on how, how can we yes. find common ground? Yes. They have been talking about it. And this is one of the things they're they're talking about. Like, do you have one night a year or two nights a year where players can go out there in the warm-up and wear whatever they want, as right. long as it's a cause? Because, you know, Nick, like, I, you know, I, I don't like the fact, not only the pride tape, but I don't like the fact that Hockey Fights Cancer jerseys won't be worn it's this ridiculous. year. Uh, the Los Tiburones jerseys last week, San Jose couldn't wear those. And they, they were, a, I thought, a, a real nice part of fun NHL. So why not have a night where everybody can wear what they want? And I am under the impression that it has been discussed. I just don't know how far it is along. You know, the unboxing videos, interesting thing, like it promotes a lot of individuality for the players, which is the thing the league thrives on, right? Having these people, your piece led a lot on Connor Bedard. Yeah. And the amount of interviews and media he did leading up to it. He did none in Toronto, yes. which some people weren't happy about. Yes. What are your thoughts on the league tr- well, trying to create stars? Go ahead. I was just going to say, and especially you, because I heard you last week, we are in the entertainment business. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you learn to sing and dance this summer that I missed? <laughs> Well, if you've ever heard me sing or ever seen me dance, I was at Pitbull last night. My dancing you was were? not very good. Yeah, oh my, my God. My son loves Pitbull. We All took right. him to it. I, my dancing is not very good, and neither is my singing. Um, you know, I, look, the Toronto thing was weird. I'm not going to deny that, but I really find it hard to criticize Bedard after everything he did sure. in the last week. Um, you wouldn't. You'd, 
uh, criticized the Chicago Blackhawks, not him. Yeah, he did everything. And our guys who were producing our, his games, they said he was incredible to yeah. deal with, like, like really good to deal with. The thing is, like, you know, I, I don't disagree it, it was a lot, but if, if you want to grow the game, this is what right. your fans are demanding now. So I think the answer is not as much dial him back as someone else or another team has to step up and say, okay, this guy's done a lot, now I got to do something, or now we got to do something. Like, you know, one of the conversations I had this summer that really stood out to me was, was an executive saying to me, you know, MLS is coming for us. There's an F1 race in Vegas right now. People love Drive to Survive. Oh, yeah. Like, these sports are coming for us now. And not just us. They yeah. said they're coming to North America. The cult of personality among this next generation is very big, and we have to embrace ours. I'm, I'm on the other side of just protecting this kid. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, since the moment he went to rookie camp in Chicago, he's had this it must feel like he's already played 82 games. Mm-hmm. and For to, that kid, Kip, but I think the bigger him, picture, it's important. Listen, yeah, but, but to pin it on an 18-year-old now moving forward in that capacity is way too much. I'm glad the Chicago Blackhawks backed off. And, yeah, maybe, maybe he should have spoke at some point after the game in Toronto. It should have been handpicked at that availability, which would have meant back off something else some, somewhere else. Trade off. Right? Yeah. And trade it off. Uh, but moving forward, man, it's but Nick, it's going to be agree. tough for him in, in that market, that major market, to carry that much of a burden on his shoulders at such a young age. And I, I don't disagree with you. I think I think he did his job this week. My point is now I think it's incumbent on someone else or another team to say, okay, one of the star players to say, I'm going to be that guy next week. I'm going to do some things that are a little bit different. Like, you can't do it in hockey, but one of the things that really blew me away was I was watching a Sunday night baseball game this week, where uh, this year, where I think it was Devers from the Red Sox is wearing a mic during the game, and he's talking to the booth. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys, wait, i got to catch this pop-up. And, like, it's, I'm like, wait a sec. If they can do that, yeah. what can we do that's more interesting? Nick it's- Taylor did an interview walking down, was it 15, Sam, on during the Open he won, the Canadian Open. Mm-hmm. You know, so the league just, we can't claim that our players... It's- Baseball and golf. It's not hockey. But the, but, but, but You're going to do an interview when I'm chasing you? I'm going to take your head off? Oh, excuse me for a second. <laughs> this guy wants to kill me. I'll be right back. But there's got to be something we can think of. That's the thing. Like, Can we move the line? Well, listen, I mean, Nick Taylor's talking during the course of play between shots. Could you do it between shifts? No one's trying to kill Nick Taylor. No one's trying to kill you on the bench either. I don't actually think this is a good idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, is there, is there something we can do? There like, might is, be a coach that wants to kill you yeah, on the bench. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's what I wonder. Is there something we can do that moves the line? That's all I'm asking. Is, yeah. Just can play we hockey and be great. Yeah. I, I it sometimes like the game, is, the game should be good enough. I, I, I don't yeah. argue with you. But that's just not where it's, it is now, coverage-wise, right? It's not there. Like, influencers and individuals are kind of what people follow now. Look at my son on YouTube chasing around these random... Uh, I'm not, I don't want to say what I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> Listen, tell you. Don't bring your home issues <laughs> to yeah, work, sorry, okay? That, Please. We are joined by Elliot Friedman, of course, of Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Okay, Elliot, uh, who signs first? Nylander in Toronto or Lindholm in Calgary? That's a great question. That is a great question. 
How about are I'm they hosting both sooner, now, Elliot. Both late? Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I got You know what? Um, I'll, I'll say this. I I think at this point in time that I'm I believe more that Nylander will stay in Toronto over Lindholm in Calgary. At, if you were to ask me today, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think that it's going to happen anytime soon. Like I think Nylander really wants to stay in Toronto, but I don't think they're. I think close. he's made that clear to everybody. Yeah. I don't think that. I think Lindholm. The situation I get with Lindholm is, I think he's willing to stay in Calgary, providing they get to a number, and I think those two things are slightly different. Um. You know, looking at some other Canadian teams here, we had a Velarde injury in yeah. Winnipeg last night. Does that open up some movement potentially for whether it be Garland or for Ottawa? Um, you know, is there something that could happen there to kind of loosen up the market? Well, don't forget, uh, Velarde's coming back. It's not like he's out for Gone the year. Forever, yeah. So four to six weeks. Um, you know, the one thing is, like, I kind of wonder, I really thought Nashville was going to be the team for Garland, but now I'm not convinced anymore. Um, I, I, Winnipeg, I could see Winnipeg being in on a guy like Garland because he's got term. Mm-hmm. But again, I had someone tell me, like, pump the brakes right now. They can't do it. Um, I wonder about Columbus for Garland. I, I wondered about Washington for Garland. Um, I, I the thing about Winnipeg is he's coming back. It's yeah. not like Doc where he's out for the year and you can add someone and not have to worry about the cap. And on the Ottawa thing, Norris being back tonight, everything's okay with Josh Norris. He's just ready to go. I, th- I you find that so. strange. Yes. I, I yeah, think what's going on there. I think I got the sense that he just wasn't comfortable. Like physically. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. mentally. Or actually you're right. I should say that. I would say meant more mentally than physically. Because I know there was a conversation there about putting him on LTIR like about a week before the season. And it was just decided that that was not what was going to happen. He just had to get, sorry, mentally comfortable. I think that. Ever since Mike Babcock signed in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, so much attention has been on coaches' contracts yeah. and extensions. I know you've broken many, that, uh, uh, including maybe uh, Todd uh, McClellan's uh, latest one, extension. Yeah, one year. Yeah. In, uh, in L.A. One yep. year. Yep. The big one coming up, which I find so interesting, is Rod Brindamore, mm-hmm. and he's publicly stated already that I think he was asked, and it was like it was almost like one of those passive aggressive comments where uh, it'll sort itself, but I really want it done now. Mm-hmm. Kind of comment. Uh, wh- where do you think that stands? Because Rod Brindamore to me is a top coach. He's a anybody would want him. Anybody would want him, mm-hmm. and if he was willing to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. He could be the highest paid coach like that. I agree. The, but what he's done mm-hmm. is basically tell everybody, I don't want to coach anywhere but Carolina. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a frugal owner who's already very tight when it comes to spending money, mm-hmm. hearing that I got a coach, maybe the best one in the league right now, who is not willing to go anywhere. I can, I can lowball him all I want. Well, do you have any reason to believe in Brendan Moore's case that's changed? That he would go anywhere. Uh, I no? hope so. Okay. <laughs> if I'm Brindamore, I'm lying I, I really, and saying yes. <laughs> I really hope so because mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good thing. Well, I look at it this way. Brindamore, uh, one of the reasons that uh, he wanted to stay in there is because one of his kids is a young player, a really good player, right? So unless that that's changed, I, I don't think that he's going yeah. anywhere. You know, um, 
you know, first of all, Dunnett has spent money on the players. You're right. He's tighter uh, behind the scenes. There's no question about it. I remember, Nick, there there were some coaches um, who were upset at Brendan Moore the last time he signed because they're like, you know, it's it's less than your market value. And the one thing I remember saying to one of them was, you have to use the old... David Falk was Michael Jordan's agent. He had a book called The Bald Truth. And they asked him about when you're in a situation like that, and he would say... That's your situation. That's not my situation. And that was his. And that's what coaches have to do. I just think, unless Brindamore's mind has changed and he's willing to go somewhere else, then that's probably the way it's. Yeah, and I don't belittle anybody that yeah. has different reasons for signing, including family and commitments and all of that. I get all of that, but there's a certain line where you end up really taking advantage of a situation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for Tom Dundon not to do that. Yeah. uh, Because there's there's a professional industry that's going on. Mm -hmm. And there's also people within that organization. And if Rod Brindamore takes a huge discount, then it's easy for Tom to go to anybody in that organization and go, hey, listen, if this guy's willing to work for less, you you can too. And I just think it's... It sets a bad precedent uh, for people around Rod Brindamore if he lows if he lowballs himself that much. Well, technically, I'm not supposed to talk about my own contract negotiations, but, <laughs> but I I do think of that. I I, I do think of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, with Tom Dundon, uh, one of the things going on in Carolina right now, they don't have an American Hockey League team, right? Right. What's good? That's going on with that. How is that working? Well, <laughs> it hasn't gone over very well. Like no. like the NHL's made it very clear they're not happy about that. Um, and you know, they, like someone said to me, they could not believe that Carolina got found places for everyone. Yeah. But the, the one issue I understand that was a problem was they sent some players to the ECHL. Now under the CBA, if you're on an entry level contract, they can send you to the ECHL. So it's not like they're violating any rules, but I heard some agents and players were really upset. Right. And I heard the players association was putting pressure on. Let's sort this out. I think they'll eventually get a team. I don't think the league will allow this to happen again next year. Mm-hmm. But I think in the short term, they're trying to get some guys out of the ECHL and into the A. So just earlier, we were talking about creating different buzzes for the NHL, mm-hmm. growing the game. Last week, I think you had something on the NHL draft, maybe having a different look. Yes, they sent out a memo yesterday or today. And basically, the draft that we've been accustomed to watching year after year mm-hmm. could look substantially different yes. in the future. They're talking about the NFL NBA way, which is that the teams stay in their own offices or wherever they want to do the draft from, and only the prospects go to the locate location. And Nick, personally, I don't like it. Um, I love the draft for my own self. Well, you get everybody under one roof. Yeah, and <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, I think there's a lot of people who really do like that. Um you get to see everybody. You can network. It does come across a little dry. Well, I, I agree with you. They have to speed it up. They have to speed it up. I agree with you on that. But the only problem with doing it in your own location, Nick, is you remember the, the COVID year, 2020, rounds two to seven were like nine hours. Like it was <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but I think they have to find a way to liven it up or speed it up a little bit. Maybe not every team thanking the uh, – home city or congratulate the team that win the Stanley Cup. When that they, should be illegal. When, when they hate no the team that won anyone. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I heard last weekend, I had people tell me it's definitely going to change. 
than I heard today. Some people said to me now well, they're not as convinced. You know, one of the things that Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, can do uh, for certain owners is that that's a nugget. That is a great point. One I wish I would have written about today. Right? Yeah. What so, do you mean? Well, listen, uh, I'll give you the draft. Yep. That means merchandise. That uh, means buildings. That means hotels. That means money in your city. Yeah. Now, you can still get the draft. You can still host it and make it a party. Like, the one thing is, like, the one of the things I love watching every year is the NFL draft. The ESPN had this old video of Jets fans freaking out at all their bad picks at the draft. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can make it a fan-friendly event. I just don't know, will people travel as much if the... I mean, maybe they will because the prospects will be there, but if the teams aren't there. Yeah. Any big surprises uh, this early? I know Vegas Edmonton, like Vegas. Ed- Edmonton and Toronto have given up some goals, but what what, uh, what strikes you? Vegas 4-0. Like, they look... You know, you know how hard it is to repeat. Like, they... I came this close and I went Dallas. I just, yeah, I was, I wanted picking Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, The other, you know what? I'm wondering about Seattle. Like, that was the team that led the league last year. Five on five goals. But they're not sneaking up on anybody now. Now, every, exactly. Like, you know, hey, we got to be ready to, you know, I got to tell you too, the team, I just because of the way their year started and like, I'm, I have to say, I'm a little worried about Columbus. You know, the, the Babcock thing. Um, you know, Kent Johnson gets scratch game one. Severson gets already, yeah. Like, like, like I can. Like, there's a lot on the line in that organization. A lot like on Yarmo's job, probably. Yeah, I'm saying that. Not you. Yeah. Speaking of Toronto and Edmonton, I think both fan bases can come to the conclusion they could use maybe another D or just have a few guys reslotted. But mm-hmm. they're not out there, are they, Elliot? And but but two teams have some decisions to be made. As far as their their blue lines moving forward, is Calgary and Carolina. Yeah, which one strikes you as making their defense available? Where can the Leafs get their next player? I think think Carolina or Edmonton. I think Carolina or Vancouver. Vancouver's looking for someone to play with Quinn Hughes. Yes, they were looking at Fabro, I think, but now with Shan Hurt, they can't do that. Um, I think uh, I think Carolina will keep their guys this year, unless. Unless they get a trade. That Pesci's helps. the big one. Yeah, he, I think they'll keep him. Unless a deal drops on their table that they think they can win the Stanley makes them even more likely to win the Stanley Cup, I think they let Pesci play out the year. Um, the only way I think he gets traded is if they think it makes them better. Calgary's interesting. I think they've taken a run at Tanev recently. I think they've taken a run at Hannafin recently. Vancouver, you're talking about? No, Calgary. Cal- Keeping uh, them. Keeping them. them. Okay, yes. all right. Taking they, a run. I don't know if they've taken as much of a run at Zadorov, but Calgary is trying to see if they can keep a couple of these guys. Is there any sense at all that Hannafin's got um, a want-to-go-back-to-the-U.S. thing? He did last year. He he absolutely told them last year he wanted to go back to the States, but when he came back this year, he kind of... he le- I think he left the door open a bit. I don't... I don't know how easy it's going to be. It's going to be a big deal. But I do think he told them that he would talk to them, and I believe they have talked to him. Hmm. Um, the other one is Edmonton. Like when the Leafs were trading, trading Lafferty, Edmonton liked Lafferty. Yeah. And they offered him there for DRNA. And at the time... And that's the, a wait, big guy. Yeah. Wait, the Oilers offered DRNA? No, the Leafs asked oh, for yeah, DRNA. Yeah, yeah. That was and, and uh, they couldn't get it done because they had injuries. It was the time when they had their. It was they were trying to get their roster. Um, I, that's a guy. Now I'll tell you this: Woodcroft and Manson love Darnay. Mm-hmm. He's a real project of theirs. 
But I know that's a guy that Toronto likes, and he's not making a ton of money. You so. just want someone big to defend. Yeah, he does that as a but priority. But the thing right? is, like, if Edmonton's trying to win the cup, I I don't know they they trade him. No. But that's a guy that the Leafs liked, and when they were talking to Edmonton about Lafferty, they asked for him. Hmm. Nice to see the Oilers uh, clean up a few <laughs> issues. Oh well, Campbell made some like in the beginning of the yeah, game. They weren't very good, and Campbell was was but geez, like. If I was uh, if I was the Nashville Predators, the next time uh, Oilers come to town, I would kidnap Drysaddle and not let him in the building. <laughs> no, he he just, owns him another four points. He just destroys those. <laughs> yeah. every, every game he scores. Every yeah. game. Yeah. Every, right. game. every game. Should we get him out what, of here? What do you What do you got uh, on tap tonight? So uh, this is this feature tonight is with Tim uh, Stutzla and Nick. Ooh. It is the one of the biggest. You know that Steve Buscemi meme, like, how, how, do, how do you, you do, do fellow, fellow kids? kids? Yes, sir. This is a how do you do fellow kids with Elliot Friedman. Are you skateboarding with it, it, It's not quite like that, but it's it's not <laughs> far off. On a couch or? No, no, I, I don't want to give <laughs> it away. face-offs with them? No, I, no I, would, I would never embarrass myself <laughs> like that. Well, now we have to watch. We will be watching. It's, you know, it's like, I'll tell you this. It is a piece about, we talked about players showing their personalities. This is a, this is a good one, but I really do, like I'm thirty years older than the guy. There are times in the interview I really feel thirty years older. <laughs> yeah, than bring us right. Jimmy Stu. Looking forward to it. Uh, really appreciate you coming by. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, Thanks for your right. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, take a quick break there, Sammy boy. All right, and then we're going to come back and discuss uh, Rick Tockett. Uh, Using one of those bullets that uh, Elliot talks about, uh, the coaches have maybe two or three times a year, and it was it too early for oh, Rick talking. It was great. All right, don't give it away. Sorry, come I, back. I had more. Come back on the real Kipper and Bourne <laughs> show after these words. All right, welcome back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Still plenty of meat on the bone, including Rick Tockett uh, tearing a strip off his team after a 2-0 loss in Philadelphia. Also, in the discussions, we'll include ESPN's top 100 current players that they voted on through, uh, I don't know, 40, 50 people. Yeah. And it struck a nerve with some current players. So we'll, we'll get into That's that as bad. well. But uh, first, over to you, Sammy. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. And here's what I, we haven't got into this yet. And I wanted to bring this up with you guys. That the regular season awards. And I wanted to quiz you guys on the favorites for some of these awards. Because I, right. pre- I think it's pretty obvious who the favorite for the Calder is. It's Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, yeah. Who do you think the favorite for the... Um, for the coach of the year, the Jack Adams. Rod Brindamore, because they're a very good team and everyone loves them. No. Kipper, your guess? Uh, my guess uh, would be... This is riveting radio. Really electric. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say? I forgot Rod already. <laughs> you said Brindamore? Yeah. Uh, I'll go... Uh, Borny, you get another guess. I'll go uh, DeBoer in Dallas. Keith. No, nope, neither of those are correct. <sighs> is that underdog? It's Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff is the favorite. It's six and a half to one. Surprising to you? Mm. Uh, coming out benching 
Timo Meyer. Uh, guy means business. DeBoer is 14 to 1, by the way. Sheldon Keefe down the list a little bit at 14 to 1. Who do you think the favorite for the Vesna is? Uh, it's going Shesterkin. to be Sorokin. Both of those men are the co favorites. Both, oh, both at six. New York Tri State area. That's one right really did. At both at six to one. And the last thing I have for you is if you want to bet on the Art Ross trophy on Bet365, it's Connor McDavid is minus 200 or the field. At plus 165. <laughs> Literally they every other get, player in the like, league. It's like back in the day with Tiger. You're betting on an injury. When you'd bet. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. There's just no chance anyone has Sprain any more an points. Ankle. Yeah. And the last thing quickly, you know, we talked about the Calder. I don't know if you guys have watched Logan Cooley at all this year. Yeah, he's good. Any any value, any chance yes. someone else? Logan yeah. Cooley? Fantilli as well for me. Uh, well, these, he's 12 to 1. If these guys stay healthy, I... There's a chance. I mean, not a great one uh, you know, from if, what I've seen so Bedard far. Out of Bedard. The, if he had to talk to the media in Toronto, he maybe had a better chance. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> it did. Did you notice Bedard on a four-on-four situation coming off, I think, a commercial break? Never saw the ice. I did notice that. I brought it up to what? you in the box. Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, I said, is he not coming out here, Kip? See, again, I think that's a good sign. You just cannot give this guy... The whole buffet. Give him the buffet. No. So uh, you were talking about how... Is that boring? Yeah, this is kind of related yeah, yeah. before you close yeah, it out. Yeah. Connor McDavid, you're talking about how he's like peak Tiger or yeah. whatever. So Connor McDavid just became the fifth fastest player to get to 550 assists, random amount, whatever. Yeah. Fifth fastest. Uh, his game's play total will be 572. Gretzky did it in 386. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like it's hundreds just, less games and, it took. And you guys are mentioning with... goofy. Quickly, you were mentioning with Fridge about how bad the dry settle owns the Preds. Yeah. Uh, did you see the stat I put in here? No. Goals in the last 12 meetings. Leon Drysettle has 22, and the entire Predators roster has 28. Oh. So that's that's how you own it. You. All right. That These, was Game Time, presented by Bet365. A lot of those are on the power yeah. play, by yeah. the way. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Mm. All right. Good job, Sammy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, kind of been teeing this up the last little while because uh, I can't ever recall. Listen, I've been in a few rooms where coaches have taking a, a strip or two off of me yeah. or my teammates, yes. but I can't ever recall being on any team that started out 2-0 and against a Stanley Cup favorite <laughs> and then hearing what we heard from Rick Tonkin. Go lose one game and just get a game. public lash. So there's three separate clips, and each of them are better than the next. You drive so the bus just, um Derek, just roll with, with number one, first of all, if you could do that for us. Well, I mean, I, I can't even pick one guy who played well other than Demko was unreal. <laughs> he was the he was he was great tonight, and the rest of the guys weren't. Okay, <laughs> that's a nice appetizer. Can we please, Derek, have the entree, the second clip, please? We just got some guys. They you know, whew, they got they, they better pick it up. I mean, I saw a lot of, you know, I don't like to use the word soft, but I, I didn't see you guys competing at all. Um, and that's alarming. But saying that, you know, you win two games. We, You know, we said we didn't, let's not get too high. It's the same thing, you know, obviously it's a bad effort. Let's not get too low. But we got to, obviously, we got to go to the drawing board with some guys here. They got to pick it up. Boy, like, uh, can't throw goose eggs again. 
And okay, uh, before we go to the third and one. Before we go to the creme brulee. Yeah, before we go to the the, the enchilado there. Uh, I I don't know a more insulting word for a hockey player. I don't care what generation you came from. Than soft. Yeah. Like God, it's like that one. That one should sting every player. I, it's probably if you were to power rank the awful things you don't want your coach to call you, soft might be it. Number one, just how we played soft. Yeah. <laughs> That's the number one thing, Sheldon. Yeah. And he, what he, else would you he caught himself. He says, "I don't want to use it, yes. but I'm using it." Yeah. Right. But that's how pissed he was. Yeah. Okay. From the effort. Close it out here with a clip. Yeah. Three. Let's get the let's get the dessert here. You know, we weren't smart everywhere. You know, times when we should shoot the puck, I got in front, we'd pass it. When it was time to pass it to the flanker, we shot it and it got blocked. It would just, you know, it's it's a good lesson for us. You know, <laughs> it's a good lesson. You know, who are we to think we're anybody? <laughs> God. God, Rick. No, no, you know who he's. He stole that. Who do you stole think, that line? Who do you think you are? The bowler, uh, Pete Weber. Who do you Weber. think you are? I am. Do you remember that one? <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. Wow, Derek, what a on cue drop. That's exactly it. That's one of the best videos of all time. If you want to go back and have a really fun watch, there's a half an hour like lead up. To oh what yeah, happens. it's a dramatic story. It's incredible. He's. Yeah. MF and a guy in the stands yeah. and like it's he has to make a bunch of strikes in a row to win it. A strike to win it. A strike to win it. Who do you uh, think you are? I am. Elliot, uh before he left in our discussion, we talked about coaches and how many times can you go to uh you know a post game comment like that? Mm-hmm. Is there twice a year, three times a year? Do you want to do it uh this early? Do you want to do it at Christmas? I I'd probably say for some guys that may be true, but I would not. I would not. Uh, I would not think Rick Tockett would fall into that he, this he season. He has twenty bullets. Oh, he could go to this all season long. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah, and just watching the clips of Rick, he's just looking the reporter straight in the eye, and then just like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 and then eviscerates them he, he, Well, he's not trying to craft some political no, answer. No, he's, he's answering the questions. Yes. And he's just like listening. No secrets here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Soft, soft, soft. You know, to me, you don't come out in game three and respond like that if you didn't have a preconceived notion of your team. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you believe that you are a hard battle-tested team, John Cooper doesn't come out and say that about the Tampa Bay Lightning in game three. Tockett probably has held this thought. And you know who I thought of listening to that? Bruce Boudreaux. I thought of Boudreaux, who's a nice guy and behind the scenes. Would never do that. Would never do it, but would think it and would say it to his staff Mm -hmm. and would address it internally. But, like, I think this is the reputation of that team. Tockett's just saying what everyone thinks. They got some superstars who sometimes don't necessarily show up with the same amount of jam they need on a nightly basis. And I think he's addressing, if we don't, yeah. we're going to be the old Canucks. This is the talk at Canucks. We don't want to be that. And the, and the Rick Tockett I know is like he's an attention to detail guy. So if he he could see something along the wall that that will go past everybody. Yeah. And he would he'll call his players out on a on a battle along the wall that he would either thought that you didn't fight hard enough or you, 
you, you didn't approach it properly. But th- this is this is what he wants out of this team is yeah. that attention to detail. And they were very bad. Yeah, and, they and weren't good. They were very bad. Mm. And I've undergone an evolution myself in like what I believe a great coach is. You know, I used to think that there was all this sort of like system work you could do and tweaks and changes hockey it's so hard to make those changes in game because guys you know there's so many moving parts for a system to work that really all a coach can do is address these things the effort the positional play and the simple structure that you have there's only so much you can do and so talk it is perfect because he hammers those things well and just to add to why i think talk it would get uh, a lot more bullets than most NHL coaches just you, you don't even have to be old enough to remember he he played you just go 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 google his name everything okay this guy was a fourth liner he was a third liner he was a second liner and he was a star scoring almost 50 goal seasons he's won cups yeah he's battled everybody he leads in his NHL in history in Gordie Howe hat tricks fought the biggest fought the toughest the guys in the league like like when this, he this says something, yeah, when he says something, and he's been able to look you in the eye and say, "Hey, I, 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 I invented that. Don't bring it to me. I invented that." Yeah. Then you're not going to get away with anything with him, and it has to feel a little different than if it was somebody that that didn't necessarily do it. It's just common sense. And then you got Adam Foot down the bench, and there's yeah, another guy. Guys who can. There's another yeah. guy that says, "Come on, I know." What it takes. Right. I know effort. I know when you want something bad enough and you didn't want it on that shift. Yeah. And Gonchar is there, but I don't think he's there much more than maybe 25, 30% of the time. But there's another guy that uh, I got a lot of time for. And also, I feel like if yeah. you let the leash go too far, it gets harder to pull it back in. And I think he feels like he's walking the dog. The dog started to get away in the leash a little bit and zzz, we're pulling that thing right back in. We're not going to start with bad habits, bad effort. You know, Talkett is trying to he's trying to make this team a playoff team, which it can be if he gets the most out of them. So, you know, maybe it's too early to, to use your bullets of some team, but Talkett, the Canucks with their history, I'm fine with it. All right. Uh, we also teed up this ESPN that uh, some some players commented that uh, in, in Pittsburgh, I guess, yeah. I guess the big snub was on Malnick. Uh, um, um, Malkin. Malkin. It it kills me to give credit to like lists and polls. I know that, that like, but this one is truly offensive. It's tremendously poor. Gino missed out on yeah. top the top one hundred yeah. in history. Yes, which he is one hundred. And mean, people call he, him Mister One Hundred and One yes. around there. Like he's New Zealand like alone, definitely yeah. going one on one with uh, with old Malkin's gonna end well. And now right. he's one hundred and one on the current. So the the list on ESPN was the. The list of 100 players they expect to be the best players in 2022-23. So they expect the best seasons out of these guys this next season. 100 players, he's not on it. Now, Mm. that would be shocking enough. Yeah. You know, a guy who's been a point-per-game season just last year, he was, you know, over 80 points, you know, at six foot four and, and everything else. He is nasty and all that. He didn't get included in their 10 honorable mentions. Here are the honorable mentions. Alex Tuck, Chris Kreider, Zegris, Terry, Noah Dobson, Bo Horvat, Carter Verhege, Fantilli and Cooley, who've never played in the league, Adrian Kempe. Noah Dobson? Noah Dobson ahead of Evgeny Malkin. So Penguins players are pissed. They're not happy about the lack of respect. What is it about 
I don't know. Voting that we can't get Evgeny Malkin in there. Well, I look at the actual Behind list. To Foley? I look at the actual list, and the first two names on the list are Thomas Hurdle and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, who do you want on your team this year? Patrick Line is on the list. Tavares, Caulfield, Robert Thomas. Yeah. They did it. They, are you surprised that people care about they this? They had to forget him. Um, they must have forgotten. They had to have forgotten him. I am. Uh, I do wonder why we're, we we get so obsessed and worked up on uh, this is the content lists. producer's dream. On I lists. would never have gone to this without right? this story. I know, but Kipper, there's one thing to like put together a controversial list, and then there's another one to just do something bad. You know what else is crazy though? Like the lack of respect for the you know everyone loves the guy who with the potential, but like Sidney Crosby is 23rd on the list. Which, sure, Sid, maybe not a top five, top ten guy in the NHL. Next on the list, do you want Sebastian Ajo on your team this playoff year, or do you want Crosby? Yeah, I want Crosby. Do you want Tim Stutzla, who's ahead of him, or do you want Crosby? Uh, Yeah, you could. Tough uh, one. Tough one. See, again, the the whole thing about lists, and when you start having these conversations, and let's go to just the simplest one, the the greatest NHL player that, you know, ever played. It's like... What do you base your decision on, and what do I base my decision on? Is it but with fifty people? You think right? we'd find uh, some yeah, sort no, of? No, there's fifty really dumb people sometimes. God, there's a lot more than that. And they, they, oh, he's he's the best skater. That makes him the best. This that makes him the best. That. And it's like, no, no, <laughs> it doesn't. So this is the top five. Jason Robertson's twelve. This is the top five. Connor McDavid, number one, obviously. Cal McCarr, two. Nathan McKinnon, okay. Pretty good top three. And then they have Jack Hughes ahead of Austin Matthews. Oh, we just set Toronto on fire. They have Jack Hughes. That's a heart trophy. They have him ahead of Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, offensive. Again, uh, if, if, but (laughs) how can, this is offense. Okay, if if you just simply take away Austin, Austin's ability to shoot the puck in the net, (laughs) where is the rest of his game? Really I don't know. He good. was seventh in selfie really trophy voting last year. He was like a top five faceoff guy. Who would you rather have just tomorrow? Yeah, Jack Hughes in those things, Kip. Who would you have rather have your team tomorrow? Jack Hughes or Austin Matthews? Oh my God. I, oh. No, 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 no. Terrified. I'm not. I, I, I'll, I'll take the 50, 60 goal score. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'll take the 50 goal score. But <laughs> uh, in two or three years, I don't know. We'll see. Jack, Jack's. <laughs> Pretty oh, good. listen, that's not a knock on Jack Hughes. It's really player. not. He's a very good player. You know? But, but it's, it's enough I to know. make you think about it. The sub- subjectivity of it is... And we've given them what they wanted. So, so I know. The one thing that kills me is that when people, when you talk about players and you go, oh, he's a top five guy in the league, top ten guy in the league, and then you start writing it down and you're like, boy, there's a lot of good guys. <laughs> there's a lot of good players. and They, they have Marner 20th. Thoughts? Yeah, for me, he should be a lot higher than that. He's behind Elias Pettersson, Kirill Kaprizov, Brady Kachuk, yeah, Barkov, Hellebuck, yeah. Fox, Jason Robertson he's behind. Get out of here. Sorry. Well, bad list. Anyway. They put out a bad list. Sorry, ESPN. I uh, like a lot like, of your stuff. We don't, don't like care. This you clicked it. Don't like this top, list. Even top 10 lists. Like, it's like a, people pulling over for a car accident. They got to see the whole thing. I know. They're, they're, they're not dumb, those uh, producers, on, on anything that – Counts down to I'm one. legitimately angry that we're doing this. Like, I, I had to because of Malkin, but, like, this is, like, I got sucked into the very <laughs> thing I hate, and I try to avoid doing I love lists. 
I love lists. See, I love, a lot of people love lists. I love lists. There's nothing I love more than sports that puts land. out like that top 100 just plays to, every time around the end of the year. Just, to, like, yeah, oh, yeah. just to disagree. That. You're almost hoping that you're going to be disappointed so you can argue with sure. somebody. And every fan base has their guy, right? They're, yeah. All um, right. Yeah. Uh, injuries. Yeah. Luke Shen out four to six weeks. Blardy in Winnipeg out four to six weeks. Kirby Doc lost for the year. Like, what is going on here? Sucks. Yeah, it's no, never fun when your teams that you need everyone like Montreal. Um, too bad about Shen. Honor. Uh, we we got to talk about Connor McDavid's goal last night. Yeah, who overskated that puck? I uh, forty-five on the Predators. Uh, it's a defenseman, right-handed shot. Uh, Carrier, maybe. He's 50th in the NHL ranking, according to ESPN. What a gift. Yeah, I mean, imagine you make one terrible mistake and it's McDavid that picks it up. Like, come on. I want to watch that on highlights the rest of the year. But to be able to be on the ice like that and to keep, like, be falling and to keep your wherewithal to pirouette up, stick, post, and in is absurd. You know, the first thing I thought about is... All the drills I did when I was seven years old where they'd line you up on the goal line, they'd blow the whistle, and they'd say, skate really fast try to, tag to the blue line. No, drop on your knees oh, yeah. and then spin yeah. and get up. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, you know, in my minor hockey league career, I'm like, this will never happen. <laughs> That's like everything in right? math class. This yeah. will never will happen. I'll never <laughs> need this. Yeah. And there is Connor McDavid <laughs> yeah. doing my my seven year old uh, drill. Yeah, he uh, that was pretty special. They scored four goals that single period against most, Nashville. That was the most predictable result of all time. It was, and I bet it, and I got paid. Good, yes, good. That was. Very... I told people to bet uh, Connor McDavid first goal in the first period yesterday, and that nailed too, that so too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we knew that was coming, right? Absolutely, the most predictable game. Yeah, the Oilers are a good hockey team, and they were due. They were hungry. Um, one other note in our news and notes we have is Kale McCarr became, or was the fewest defenseman, fewest games by a defenseman to 250 career points passing Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr needed 250 or 247 games to get 250 points. Kale McCarr, 241. He conceivably could catch, you know, I think uh, actually in Elliot's article today, he talked about McCarr. And the all-time points record for D, I think it's Ray Bork at 1,600 or something. And Coffee's got to be second. Yeah, I think he's right around there. So, you know, the point is that this guy, very early trajectory, but, you know, maybe David Amber, who had the Ovechkin watch since Ovechkin was in the womb, can put Makar on all-time points leading defenseman watch because he uh, he's tracking that way. Just, uh, here's uh, the list. It's Ray Bork 1, Coffee 2, Al McInnes. Bill Housley and Larry Murphy who round out your top five. Crazy Larry Murphy. Yep. Twelve hundred points in sixteen hundred and fifteen games wasn't good enough for Toronto. Boot him out of town. <laughs> Boot him out of town. Dennis Potvin also uh, got to two hundred fifty points in two hundred fifty one games. Yeah. He was another guy that was in the mix. Yeah, and there's a a perfect example of just how important it is speaking of Edmonton and Toronto to slot your D in the proper place because Larry Murphy went there and just. Behind Lidstrom and a few other heavy hitters there, he was just a perfect guy right? to win Stanley Cups in Detroit. Yeah. And he couldn't do anything right in, in Toronto. The best argument for player slotting has got to be Phil Castle going to Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. It's the perfect spot. They're like, go be the guy in the third line that they can't yeah. defend because we they're covering Malkin and Crosby. Benino and who was else? Hagelin. Hagelin, yeah. Yeah, like fast line. Yeah. They're like, Phil, you're going to play the third worst line on the other team. Shoot at the net for us. And he's like, okay. You know, and Benino, Benino, McCarr's Benino. numbers are, are really good. They're the best. But yes. <laughs> com- compared to the years where Bobby Orr, I think, had 120-plus and... Paul Coffey had some big numbers, I think, in the 125, 130. Th- those numbers aren't there. No, but I don't they know did if those you can do later. That. Yeah. They, 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 those numbers, I think, came a little later in their careers. Bobby Orr, in his fifth season in 70, 71, had 139 points in 78 games. Okay, and what? 37 goals, 130. What's the best McCars had? Uh, I'm 80, 85. asking you 10 oh, I got questions. It, I got it here. Right? Uh, the most he's had is 86 yeah. in, oh, in 21, 22. That's so many points. Plus 48 that year, playing 25 minutes a night. Can you get 100 this year, yes. staying healthy? Yeah. And also defending, unlike Carlson? He's so good. He's, I, he's, he's my, he's my favorite guy to watch in the league. It's the lateral movement that blows me away. I know. Him walking the blue line? Uh, lightning. Just like Klingberg. Just like Klingy, my guy. There you go. And just like that, real Kipper and Born done. Our thanks to Gord Stellick in the first hour. And, of course, our Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada. Just two games on tap, but a big one tonight on the network. Enjoy it, Ottawa, and help me out here, boys. I've had Washington. Six Washington. Washington Capitals. Ovi versus Josh Norris. Enjoy it, everybody. We're back tomorrow on Real Kipper and Bourne.